Right now at Gap Factory and Banana Republic Factory, save 50 to 70% off everything in stores and online. Moder, Moder, 
nutritional supplements, energy balancing services, and more. And, you know, I haven't really taken the time to share with you the details of that work I do, but I'm going to take some time this evening because it wholly relates to the idea of living a stress-free and balanced life, pressured and stressful world. Well, the first thing, folks, I just want to thank you for joining me again this evening. There are so many interesting places to go on a beautiful like night like tonight. Of course, you are probably sitting at home, and instead of watching the tube, you decided to listen to a Better World podcast. Well, congratulations. And you know what's interesting? I They give me a little insight into where y'all, as we say in the south of the United States, are listening from. And it is just so much fun for me to note uh, weekly what it is and in some way how it changes week by week. The listenership changes in uh, age, gender, always both both, well, I should say maybe more than two genders, are listening these days, but the two primary ones, may I say that and still be politically correct? Thank you. Okay. Um, But we have a real nice cross-section across the world from, yes, the United States being accounting for almost half the listeners, but Japan is growing. That is wonderful. Uh, so I'm going to have to work on my, um, on my Japanese. Arigato gozaimasu in the meantime. And Australia, well, my Aussie accent really needs to be improved, mate, doesn't it? For sure. South Africa, I actually get it sometimes confused with the Australian. It's true. It's true. My my apologies to both, or maybe it's a compliment to each, and Canada. But we have also had a nice listenership from the UK, from Denmark, France, Germany, other parts of Africa, a little bit of South America, Canada for sure. It's fun. And what is going on? How could it be that there are more males than females listening? It's funny. When I think about it, most of my clients over the past 30 years, yes, I'm dating myself. I started seeing clients and doing counseling when I was nine. So at the ripe old age now of 39, I'm kidding you. Uh, Oh, so many. The preponderance of my clients have been women. Over the years, I don't know, they feel, I guess, that I really can hear and understand their plight in a white male-dominated world, which I don't mind that we're in that position, but honestly, I'd way prefer evenness across the space. You know, I really, really would. It's way more fun to have equality and equity a fair distribution of energy, of power, of money, of love. Go for it. You understand. Now, I really do feel that way. 
but uh, nonetheless, it, it varies week to week with how many men are listening and how many women are listening. Maybe when it gets a little too intellectual, the men tune in more, and when it gets a little bit more heart-centered, the women do. Or maybe it's per subject, but I have to rely on you. So really, if you would, jot down my email address. And that is mjr at abetterworld.net. Again, my initials, MJR for Mitchell J. Rabin. J is just J. At a better world, which you've heard many times before, dot net. Okay? You know, I guess you could also go to A Better World Media on Facebook or at A Better World Web on Twitter, but I do not routinely check those. Yeah. I'm old fashioned, folks. It's just email. No, it's not just email. But that is honestly the most direct way. And if you would just write in the subject line, listener, uh, that would help me identify uh, you. And it would be my true pleasure to chat with you offline and uh, learn about not only a bit who you are, about who you are, but also the particular subjects that you find most interesting that I broadcast here at A Better World. Really, that would be truly helpful. I go by what are my values and my interests, and I know through I find myself interesting has a deep and abiding resonance with a lot of you across the planet. Because I seek to, I don't even have to seek, I hit the notes that we are all humming to. The chords underneath our lives, which have to do with having a sense of purpose, having a sense of meaning, relating to love and having love in our lives, of being able to make a difference and positioning ourselves to make a difference in this planet, to be impactful, to contribute to society, to gain prosperity, to receive prosperity, wealth on all levels. You know, oftentimes you've heard me quip, I'm very wealthy, and someday I'll even have some money. Well, it's an old joke. But, you know, riches and wealth really occur in so many ways. And to think of it only as money in the bank would be a terrible mistake. Or even under your billow, or in gold and silver, or even in cryptocurrencies. All of it is good. All of it has a place. But the idea that occurs in nature of wealth, of prosperity, of abundance, abundanza, you know, is way, way bigger than, you know, paper in a bank or digits on a screen. And that is, in fact, a rather thin definition of wealth. And in our society, it's certainly one you want to also be able to enjoy. So don't think I'm discounting its place and proportion in our lives. 
it has a significant place, and I can help you make a lot more of it. And you're welcome, another good reason to email me, because I'm not going to go into great depth about that on the air. Uh, Though to say to you, uh, there are means that I have at my disposal at A Better World that are helping people generate rather significantly in that space. And I would be glad to share that with you. And they are global opportunities. They are international in scope. So you do want to, if you are so inclined, to take advantage of it. It does frequently involve such things as Bitcoin and Ethereum and classic Ethereum and uh, the cryptocurrency world, as well as arbitrage, as well as a few other things having to do with health and well-being, uh, prosperity through helping others get really healthy. So uh, the choices are many and too much to go into all of them in a show like this, but I did want to share these thoughts and uh, another good reason to send me an email at mjrtoworld.net to share with me your suggestions for shows. Do you like the solo shows I do? Rather routinely. I enjoy them very much. I like to have this kind of intimate contact with you. I do. It's true. Uh, It feels good. I get a sense of you especially when you do write back, and some of you do, and that's a real pleasure. Um, The direction of creating a better world are many. They are in terms of developing robust health, robust consciousness, inward quiet, uh, prayer, uh, social action, um, environmental action, using business as a potential for transforming the planet, using art and music for same. These are all areas of interest to us here at A Better World in the Big Apple. And what we have here in the Big Apple, when we take that bite, we want to share it with (laughs) y'all. So uh, that's part of it of why you would want to write to me, as well as to um, ask me to query about these different opportunities that are before me. And uh, I am blessed to have them and to know the people that I do. A better world is a bit like a magnet. It's like a cosmic and planetary magnet for some of the most exciting things going on. And that's also why I bid thee to go to our website, abetterworld.tv, and sign up for the newsletter because in it I announce who will be on the TV show, what the show will be about, uh, a little bio on the guest, a chance to buy their books or CDs or DVDs. Uh, I have a lot of them on our Amazon store, which is a lot of fun to go through, which you can access most easily at that very same website, abetterworld.tv. You can read there the comments that some of our guests have made over time about their 
pleasure and joy of being interviewed by me, both on radio and TV. And that's just a pleasant, pleasant uh, thing to note. And we love to send people, you know, our listeners and viewers and uh, visitors to the site, to those sites of our guests, because the guests are phenomenal. They add so much richness. Ah, there we go. Richness to our lives and uh, making a difference in the world. That this education that you get by listening here is um, it's not common. I'll put it that way. I have my own sources, you know. I listen, for instance, to my mentor, Gary Null, N-U-L-L at PRN.FM. I find his shows daily to be very, very interesting. Not all of them, but most of them. And uh, I am enriched on many levels. I get a real deep dive into the political, economic, and social conditions in which we live. gives us all a chance to learn a lot about health and nutrition and the uh, current state of affairs with our environment and planet climatically. Uh, and, of course, these are subjects I cover, too, obviously. And, uh, but Gary is a very rich resource for me here at A Better World, as is Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! In fact, she'll be on again uh, in the near future. You probably know her work and Politico and uh, Common Dreams and uh, um, Truth Dig. There are a number of places that I go and visit and uh, gain knowledge. So I want you to have same, which is why I'm sharing my sources, some of them at least, with you. Sources are not what you will find on mainstream media. They are not on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, God knows, or these cable shows that are bought and paid for by various interests, usually largely big pharma, and you can get sick by watching simply the drug commercials themselves. Isn't that ironic? Because when we're being lied to, the body reacts. It creates a tension in the body. And this is one of the ways, by the way, that we experience stress in the world. Yes, that's right. By being lied to. Being lied to when someone's not looking at you and you notice this strange body posture and nonverbal behavior, or when they look you straight in the eye, TV set, and lie. And sometimes it's a bald-faced and bold-faced lie, and sometimes it's just a little swerve around the truth. Other times it's a lie by omission or deletion. There are different types of deception, different types of lying. And <laughs> this sounds so funny, but it's good to become accustomed to them so you can catch them when they're happening. And, you know, it's so funny. Our, our verbal communication is but one single thread of a fuller communication. We are listening very closely 
to the intonation, to the congruence, to the resonance of the voice. And if it is by radio, ah, voila, if it's like this, well, our listening actually becomes all the more astute. And if it's in person or by TV, we are assiduously and astutely watching body behavior, the nonverbal communications. Sometimes it's the face. Sometimes it's the nodding of a head. It's oftentimes the eyes. It's the way the lips move and twitch when asked a question. Is the answer immediate? Is it halting? Are the eyes dancing around, looking upward, looking downward, looking sideways? These are all signs of a deception coming your way. (laughs) That's right. Delivered right to you. And it doesn't mean it, but it suggests it. And it depends on how much we link the other data of the observations with each other, sometimes sequentially, sometimes holistically, as in a gestalt experience, in which we are listening with our ears, we are listening with our skin, we are listening with our gut. That's right, the brain and neuroreceptor sites in the gut. And we're listening with our bones. Our bones detect the resonance, as does the skin and ears. But this is called full-bodied listening. And I actually teach a course on this. It's listening as a spiritual discipline, which it is. It is. When you give your attention to someone, it's really an act of love. And I would tell you that there is love being expressed all the time, all day long, in the smallest of gestures, by the way, holding the door open for a pregnant woman, for instance, or for anyone, an older person, or just the person who is following you to go through a door, regardless of gender or age or of any type of condition or criterion. These are, if you really cut down, why is that happening? Why is that person thinking of me? That person never saw me before in their lives, yet they are expressing courtesy. And I'm suggesting that underneath courtesy is love. It's my supposition. It's my thought. Honestly, I would say even deeper. It's my knowing. People are not aware and conscious of that sense of love at that moment. It's okay. There's no other reason to be looking out for one another or what we would refer to as a perfect stranger unless there is some sense of love. Now, no, 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 no. Don't get confused. I am not talking about a romantic kind of love. Although it could blossom, it could flourish unto this. I'm not talking about a parental kind of love. I'm talking about the glue of the universe, that electromagnetic and biochemical elan vital 
that life force that streams through us all and in between us all that connects us all in some way we are all literally one body who <laughs> I know it sounds funny we think that we're in charge of just our own and well we're given our body to be in charge of it's true but our body is part of a larger body that's what I'm saying just as a cell is part of a, a team, a colony of cells that, when grouped together, become tissue. <laughs> tissue. Um, and a group of tissue can become an organ. And when a group of organs connect, it can become a bodily system or a meridian, an energy flow. And when two people enjoy each other's, I was going to say organs, when two people enjoy each other and you're feeling the vibe, what's going on? You're exchanging energy through the eyes, through the smile, through some laughter, through some bad jokes perhaps, through some words of tenderness, through a kind gesture. And before you know it, you have what look like on the outside two separate bodies, but they're beginning to interact in some kind of unison, some kind of unified field. Well, what is the relevance, you could ask, dear Mitchell, of this kind of inquiry and kind of line of statement relative to the subject at hand? Well, how do you think we become stress-free? We relate to each other with love, with gentleness, with kindness, with playfulness in our heart, in our gestures, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our prayers, in our intentions. All of the above. And that is how to become stress-free. Ah. That's a way. It's probably the most fun of them all, and I would highly recommend it. There are other ways. But first, I have to deconstruct the idea of stress, okay? Because in reality, there ain't such a thing as living a stress-free life. In fact, it's not even desirable. It doesn't even matter because it ain't going to happen. It does not exist. And it's okay. In fact, better than okay. It's good. Because there is a level of stress, which is related to pressure, that we need to grow. You know, there is stress, and there is pressure, and there is mass. These are items of physics that when added together, and heat, by the way, when added together, produce diamonds. You got it. Diamonds, I tell you. And we, too, can alchemize our own water, our own heat, as in fire, and we can do what the ancient Chinese Taoists used to do, which is cook. Cook. Well, everybody cooks. But they cook inside. They 
heat the inner oven. And that is alchemy. They're shifting the weights of water, which is related to our emotions. And through heating it up, it vibrates at a higher level and vibrates at a higher level until it vaporizes. And when it vaporizes, it's at a literal higher level. It's a gaseous level, able to move more freely in our atmosphere. It is emanating from us, from source, from our own energy field, our own life force, and it is spewing forth, spooming. Is that the word spooming? No, that would be closer to spooning. Spuming, spuming. Yes, look it up. You will see. It is there, spuming through our muscles, our bones, our tendons, our cartilage, our skin, our tissue, all of the above, we're vaporizing, which you could also say is spiritualizing because there is our imprint, our signature of life force in what is happening. And it is penetrating down to the level of bone. And in that way, you could say we are bringing air to earth or another way of putting it is heaven to earth. And if you get this, you will understand, really, the premise of alchemy. Primarily the way the Chinese did their cooking. I hope you find this interesting, because it really gives us some leverage on the inside. It's an inside job, folks. And if we can work with ourselves in this way, we're going to also be bathing our brain and bathing our nervous system in this finer vibration. And by so doing, we are improving our lives. We are moving from the particular and particulate form of energy that Einstein and others identified to an energy form of energy. I know that sounds very funny, if not redundant and bizarre. But what I mean is there is either a sense as in a particulate or there's a vibration or an oscillation as in energy. And at any given moment, we can perceive ourselves as a thing or a process. A thing or a process. And if you want to lose weight, here's a real fast way. Think of yourself as a process. <laughs> you lighten up immediately. Oh, yes, it's a cosmic diet. You get it? You're eating air, folks. <laughs> You're processing vapor and producing it. Anyway, let's look at where the issue is when we say it's stressful. It is when we are under distress or duress that's different and Hans you pointed this out many years ago the so called father of stress management God bless him he did some 
real breakthrough work that helped sort through and discern and distinguish the differences between these aspects. Think about it. You want to, uh, you want to build muscle. In order to build muscle, you have to tear down muscle. And the way you tear down muscle is by adding weight, as in, here's one way, of course, adding weight to your current musculature and bone structure. And let's say you do it in the form of lifting heavy weights or heavy bags or sandbags or something where you are stressing your skeleton and you're stressing your muscles, and you have to exert energy over mass and gravity, all right? It's really an issue of physics. It's not really an issue at all. It's, it's just a, can be understood thusly. Um, or you can just say, I want to pick some weight up, and you know that it's going to take some effort to lift it up over your head or to your side or whatever. And that very lifting, breaking down muscle and bone through doing that, or when you are riding a bike and pedaling hard or running fast, you are breaking down the sinews of your muscle. And you say, why would I do that? Well, that's the way it works. You break it down so it can rebuild stronger. It's sort of like breaking a bone. I mean, not long ago, I actually fractured a rib playing battle tennis. I took a dive, but we won the point. Oh, no, not only that, we won the set. (laughs) You could say, why did I keep playing? Well, I didn't know it was broken, but I found out the next day by feeling. I was in a bit of a numb state in order to finish the game, and you know, it's an interesting shock to the system. It's a form of trauma, frankly. Uh, but when you're in it, you don't actually identify it as for what it is. But that aside, you get the message. You break down. And then you rebuild. So that is physics. That is biology. That is physiology. And it's a good thing. It's a fun thing. It's a challenging thing, you know. It's our influence over ourselves via will to challenge our musculature, challenge our minds, challenge our what we consider our limitations. And we go beyond. Indeed, we go beyond. Why? Because we can. No, that's not the only reason because we are interested in being a leader among men and women. We want to stand up and stand out as human beings with dignity and honor and pizzazz and integrity. By the way, one of the definitions of integrity is that which holds together integrally, that which holds together like a structure that's not weak. So when we say our body has integrity, it's holding together. The bone is properly attached. uh, I'm sorry, the muscle is properly attached to the bone via fascia, 
and all the connective tissue in the body is being held up. You don't have prolapses. Your posture is straight and strong, erect, and yet supple at the same time. And you are honoring the S shape of the spine without trying to hold it rigidly. All of these, by the way, are part of integrity, part of a sense of self, part of the self-image, and with that comes a sense of self-worth. These are not just little bitty things. This is not just to fill up time. These are real nitty-gritty aspects of our lives. And if you stand up straight, your chances of having integrity in the other aspects of your life are increased. It's not a guarantee. Moral integrity is its own structure. Energetic integrity is its own structure, yet highly related. They do and can flow into each other. Are you with me? This is Mitchell J. Raven for A Better World. I'm so glad you joined me again this lovely evening in New York City, downtown New York, not that far from the infamous and famous Union Square. That's where we broadcast from. If you do not yet get our newsletter, do make a point of going to abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv. So let's come back around. We've got stress on one hand, which is good. We've got distress on the other, which is bad. (laughs) Boy, that seems so black and white in an otherwise grayish world. How could that be? Oh, it's not bad. Why don't we say this? In reality, what we refer to as distress or duress is just our idea of it. It's not real in itself. It's a perception. It's just a perception. It's just my imagination, just as the temptations taught us. It's just our imagination. And we have certain ideas and inner rules and regulations that tell us if something is too much or too little. And we will then define it as distress or duress. Okay? Instead of what Hans Selye would call eustress. That's not Y-O-U. That's E-U-E, as in euphonic, euphony. Oh, that's so beautiful. Those are Greek words, ancient Greek, which means beautiful to listen to. So the E-U is a prefix in ancient Greek for something beautiful, harmonious, harmonia. I'm going to have to really look that up, but I can assure you, quite assure you, and if anyone can disagree with me, let me know, (laughs) okay? But it does really stand to reason. I'm reasoning this through. I am not consulting my etymological dictionary this moment. So please, I don't want to interrupt this flow to check the dictionary. So forgive me. Thank you. Coming back. What? There isn't real distress? 
It's all in my mind. Is that what you're saying, Mitch? Well, uh, sort of. Yeah, I am. Is it good to perceive something as being distressful at a certain point, at what we might call even a breaking point or an extreme point? Yeah, that could be useful. We don't have to be a complete rubber band. We don't have to be a complete willow in the wind. We could be close to it. Resilience is very powerful and very useful because next door to resilience is adaptation. They're really akin. So if you are resilient, your chances at adapting in difficult conditions is thereby commensurately improved. That is true. However, there is something that we could say is I'm taking a stand on this. And one more void, as the famous Jewish comedian used to say, Jackie Mason. If that fellow said one more void, we'd have a problem on our hands. We'd have a fight. But it was always interesting. That one more void never really occurred. He'd back off and back off and back off so that never reached a point of breakage. He kept moving the boundary line, the field goal line. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Anyway, coming back around, I think you're following that it is true that it is an interpretation of reality that something is too much for us. It is our interpretation. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have validity. This is the distinction. Number one, know it's an interpretation so that you are ever mutable. You are ever, we are ever mutable. However, that doesn't mean that we don't want to set up lines and boundaries because it's healthy to do that. And even though we're interpreting as something as being enough already, okay, that's it. I'm now going to have to act has a whole real nutritious value to it. It really does. Like when sometimes, let's just say, somebody gets a diagnosis and before that they were a little lazy about what they thought and what they ate and how much they moved and how much time they spent in front of the computer and on and on and on, how much time they spent isolating, being alone, not thinking, not imagining, not engaging life, but just really acting like they're in a cave. For whatever the reason, indulging fear or anxiety or the like, Yeah, that's right. I used the word indulge. It's true. I did. Um, There will be a price to be paid. And ultimately, the price is a very boring life. And, you know, then death. You know, it just goes that way. It's just true. Uh, And the boundary that can be established when one gets, let's just say, 
what one perceives as a threatening diagnosis, say, that's it, enough of my lethargy, enough of my lifestyle habits, this is where it's gotten me, and I'm only 34 or 28 or 45 or 52 or 64, and I'm a young man, and I want to go on and live a lot of life. After all, I was given life. Don't you think I ought to actually use it, spend it? Can you imagine having a trillion dollars in the bank and all you care about is making more and not using it, not sharing, not building, not creating with it? Oh, my God. How silly. We've been all given this kind of bank account in the form of life force. In this case, in the form of imagination, in the form of an extraordinary hardware system called the brain and nervous system. And we're not going to use it. We're going to delimit it to, you know, a series of TV shows or, or websites. Oh, please, por favor. We can really do much better than that. Bitashun, for instance. You know, Prosha. Anyway, enough of that. I'm having too much fun with you all. Uh, but you get it. You get it. So, yes, we want to draw boundaries. In fact, not drawing boundaries are one of the biggest problems in relationships. I find in doing my coaching and my counseling all the time. And we get confused between giving and guilt and uh, what we would call going too far. And You know, we have barometers. We have gauges inside ourselves and our moral intelligence. You know, we have different types of intelligence. We have intellectual intelligence. We have emotional intelligence. We have kinesthetic intelligence. And we also have moral intelligence. It's a real form of intelligence. It's a, it's a compass. It's, it's virtually measurable. And if we don't pay attention, we pay a price. It may just be an enterprise, or it might be a price in the outside world, or it may be related to this idea that comes from the ancient Indians of karma, which literally means action. So for every Action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So maybe, again, you know, Newton and physics come into play. <laughs> you know, after all, our biology is subject to physics. And above that is psychobiology. It's everything is influenced by the mind. Well, I can't find it. Did I lose it? Well, maybe. But it's a good thing to find again in right order, you know, and uh, but through the mind we know that we can move matter, we can influence events, we can shape a future for ourselves and others by our choices, which is why it's a good idea to eat well, think well, nourish well, Physical and spiritual and emotional nutrition is the way I like to think about it and talk about it. We need all of it. We need an abundance of love. We need an abundance of 
touch. We need an abundance of mind-crackling excitement, of new ideas, like the TED Talks as an example. And this is fabulous material, a lot of it, you know? And uh, the work of people like Rupert Sheldrake, who I quoted at the very beginning, and Morphogenetic Fields, and I did an interview with him on the sense of being stared at when we're walking down the street and we can feel somebody kind of looking at us, if not grilling us, from behind. What are they like back there? Oh, that's an interesting question, <laughs> you know. Um, and yet, how? what is that sixth sense that we all have? This is all part of our human perceptual and grounded experience. And it's important that we have all parts working well and vibrantly because we need them. Because now I'm going to, um, I'm going to segue into the part of living in a stressful world with a sense of purpose and meaning in your heart. You want to deal with stress or even distress? No problem. When you feel, my friends, that you have a mission, that you wake up every morning with a sense of purpose and drive to make a difference in people's lives, no matter what you do, you can be an accountant. It's okay. It's not the vehicle you choose. You could be a, a um, an undertaker. And listen, that was an exalted role in ancient Greece. Helping people meet up with the underworld in Hades was a an extolled position. There's nothing wrong with it. We have all of these judgments in society that are just so toxic. When I say there's a role for virtually everything, I would like to make an exception when it comes to building bombs and nuclear warheads and those articles of war. I actually will disagree with myself to say there really isn't a context or there should not be a context for that kind of activity. And I would implore those who are in the military-industrial complex to diversify. Any questions about things to do, give me a call. Sit down and do a consultation with me. Anywhere in the world, I do it by phone and by Skype. No problem. In fact, that is what I do for people even who live in New York City who don't want to come downtown. Oh, it's funny. Uh, But, no, in fact, I have had clients in all parts of the world from Sweden and, and the Netherlands and Germany and Australia and Onico. It's across this country, of course, down in South America. So all that is possible with our technologies these days. So I want you to get it. I posed the question at the very beginning, how do I live a stress-free life? And, free life? and I had to amend that by saying there's no such thing as a stress-free life, but There can be one with less distress. Number one, alter the way you think about distress. We have that choice. We can alter, modify how we hold this no 
notion of distress or duress in our minds, in our belief systems. We can expand it. So, oh, no, that's not distressful anymore. It used to be distressful. Now it's just part of life. Oh, yeah. But even if we do have something that we finally call distress, no problem. That can be a boundary that is of value in helping us move forward. But on the proactive side, I'm going to leave you with this idea that after we build up our true biochemical strength through using high-quality nutrients, and one I will reveal to you right now is the liquid biocell. I have done whole shows on this subject because it builds connective tissue. It literally builds and has been proven scientifically to build cartilage. It improves skin so you can look 20 years younger. It deals with wrinkles. So it all on that level, that beautification level, it addresses. But more fundamentally, it's dealing with hydration and building and supporting collagen and connective tissue, which is all over our body, throughout. And we want to nourish ourselves on this level. Most people are losing hyaluronic acid at about 1.5% a year. It's an alarming rate if you don't do anything to counter it. And this matrix of chondroitin sulfate, hyaluronic acid, and collagen developed by a lovely woman named Asma Ishak, who I've had on the TV show, is the formulator of the liquid biocell, and it is designed to penetrate and be absorbed on all levels of our body. So that's why it's distinct. That's why it costs a little more, but it is worthwhile. Any questions, certainly feel free to contact me, or you can go to www.moder, M-O-D-E-R-E, M-O-D-E-R-E dot com forward slash J, yeah, like Mitchell J, 268018. Again, that's J, 268018. And order some BioCell for yourself and your loved ones. It helps circulation. It helps energy. It's really one of those remarkable products. And I'll have more for you soon because I'm really into the biochemistry as I am into the electromagnetism. Uh, So that's on a physical level, and more on that another time. But I want to just dive headlong into the emotional and spiritual uh, aspects of dealing with stress and what we call distress or duress by saying, when you lean, live with purpose, when you live with a sense of meaning and direction, when you feel that you are living for something that is bigger than we ourselves, if you want to think about that as God, as the divine, as Gaia, as Pachamama, as the planet herself, or the solar system, 
or the galaxy or the universe or source herself. All of it is good. You get to define the parts as you see fit. It's a jigsaw puzzle. And you're the master. You are the author of the story. Make it a good one. The story that we have had collectively has been one based on destruction. It is very thing in our society that is institutional is based on destruction. The poking holes, the drilling of holes to access ancient fossil liquid called oil is destructive. What has to go on to access it, to refine it, to ship it? It's a nothing short of a disaster. And in fact, it wasn't needed even originally because Ford had developed an electric motor. And Tesla had developed a means of transportation and of energizing a home. Even electricity, as much as we enjoy it, is actually a destructive process. The work of G.I. Gurdjieff talks about that. It's very, very interesting. That destruction is also part of a construction, like the breaking down of muscle. Then there's a construction. So it's not like bad in itself. It depends on how much. And is it in balance with nature and harmonizing with the Tao? Or is it going beyond? And it is clear that everything in our way of mining energy, of reaching diagnoses and treating in the medical profession, allopathic that is, is all based on burning and destroying It ain't healthy, folks. So, turning a leaf, we want to build a society that is constructive and creative. And it doesn't mean it doesn't have any decay. It doesn't mean there won't be dying off. It doesn't mean that there aren't destructive, destroying aspects. Because we have the creative, we have the destructive, and we have the wholly neutralizing in the middle. So, It is part of physics that each of these elements is present, but to what extent? And that is what is thrown off, the destruction of the rainforests, the destruction of our water supplies. All of this is truly excess destruction, the destruction of our air and leading to childhood asthma and so much else, the destruction of our soil through pollutants like pesticides, insecticides, and the like, you got the picture. So when we wake up with a sense of direction and purpose, with some love in our heart and some gratitude for being alive, even with a Trump administration, up, 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 diving into politics, so sorry, <laughs> um, even in a world that is just run by the 1% and owned wholly by the 1%, you say, this is madness. When we have privatization of prisons, are you kidding? Where we have guns galore everywhere, anyone can buy one just about anywhere. 
and they don't know how to shoot them, and they don't know how to regulate themselves not to shoot them. It's madness. And yet that is the world in which we live. So the more people who abide by this natural imaginative that I am putting forward today can literally change our world. By feeling gratitude and love in our hearts is shifting our own immune system. It is strengthening us. It is also strengthening our moral fiber, our moral body, our moral intelligence, which allows us to move through our daily lives with integrity and with a smile on our lips so we can infect others with love. We can effect and affect greater amounts of love. And then, my friends, we're going to have a deliciously, powerfully, active, creative, and most likely long and healthy life. And that is how we deal with stress and pressure and we live in inner harmony and balance. And we're working with the elements of the inside in order to harmonize and unify to have an abundantly wonderful life also on the outside. I hope you found that interesting. There's a lot more before and behind that. Before and behind, indeed. I want to remind you all that The Better World is a nonprofit organization, a 501c3. So if there are any of you who are abundantly wealthy with money, um, or services, by the way, we really do need some web services and video editing services and social media uh, services who you can volunteer or intern or uh, even interns can receive a stipend. Uh, you don't have to be in New York, although that's preferred and for some of it, not all. Just contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net mjr at abetterworld.net I hope you found this all interesting and indeed my services are available for counseling and coaching and stress management and biofeedback energy medicine all of this beyond beyond space not time but beyond space so you can be anywhere on the planet and we in fact can get connected and work together so thank you again so much for joining me here on a better world this is your host mitchell j rabin and spread the word we are at a precipice my folks we are really on the edge we have virtually destroyed our oxygen sources uh we have destroyed our cooling sources everything is melting it is getting completely troublesome. We can live as though it isn't true, but it is. And so at base, we are called upon to literally reckon with our mortality. And if we're reckoning with our mortality, we want to learn about how to build our immortality. And when I was talking about Chinese alchemy, I was talking also by implication about Immortality. So with that said, thank you so much for joining. 
This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven. And feel free to contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net or by phone, 212-420-0800, 212-420-0800. And I look forward to seeing you all. Thank you.